On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I talk about whether the Patriots are any good or not, or whether they're historically great. We don't really have a great conclusion, but maybe we agree with each other a little bit. And then we talk about the difference between winning in public and winning in private. And then we talk some college and some pros and give you some picks as always. So with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is. Welcome to another episode. Of the Bet the Process podcast, starring a dog, and what would the what would my animal be, Rufus? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, be nice, be genteel, don't be mean. You can't come up with anything, huh? I stumped you. I stumped Rufus. Um. So, what one one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was how good the Patriots are because. I tweeted out that, you know, and obviously I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm from Boston. Um, I was there when they lost to the Giants, the 18-1 and season. Um, and from that moment forward, the goal has been to have an undefeated season. So every year that we start like this and there's all this talk, it's like, okay, is it possible? But, I, you know, looking at this team for in a couple of ways, one, on a personnel standpoint, specifically on the offensive side, I don't think they are, you know, a historically great team because their skill position players are not like what you would consider to be elite. And more importantly, I think their offensive line is is really a work in progress. It might be okay at the end of the year because they have an amazing offensive line uh, coach, but right now it's it definitely they have trouble protecting Brady, etc. So it's hard for me to believe that they are a historically great team, even though numbers would say that at this point. And, you know, one of the things that you can't ignore is the fact that they've played a historically terrible, um, you know, uh, schedule, schedule so far. Yeah, specifically. The East um, is a joke. Yeah, it's, it's been a terrible, terrible schedule. And, you know, I, my, I likened it to what would happen if Alabama played in the Sun Belt. You know, maybe it's not quite that extreme. But, um, I mean, what, are, what say you? What's, what, what are your numbers say about them? And how do you go about adjusting for – a schedule which is such an outlier at this point right now it's going to get a little better they're playing a lot of better teams um, over the next say six to seven games but the first you know set of games they played has been sort of a joke yeah I, I agree with all the points you've made their, their schedule has been really easy their offense has not been that great it, it really hasn't and and they're running their run blocking has been the worst in the NFL so far this season so um yeah, in the trenches, they haven't been amazing, at least on offense. But what has been incredible is their defense. And they are number one in the NFL by a wide margin, my numbers. Um, if you look at game grade stuff um, or player level stuff, they're the best. They're, uh, and, and the big thing has been it's their secondary. It's almost entirely their secondary, which it's, it's their, their pass rush has been good, um, you know, but. It's not like how do you, one of the how do you isolate secondary play from pass rush. Well, you, I mean, um, 
Because the two things seem you, so interconnected, right? The no, it's true. You, you're not really able to do that with statistics as much as with more scouting type stuff and looking actually at. So do you have a do you have a network of scouts now? I do. <laughs> I don't believe that. You really do? No. Oh, okay. But you know, I can. I Is there's information. There's inf- there's information out there. Is your network of scouts called Pro Football Focus? It it certainly helps. <laughs> Nice. No, but but they they have the the, the Patriots um, pass coverage rated really 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 high so far this season. So, um. so I mean, everyone has said like secondary is elite. Um, their pass rush is much better than it's been in past years. Um, they have like a pretty good linebacking crew from a personnel standpoint, and yeah, I guess I guess I believe in 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 the defense to some degree. But even the defense, it's hard to know because the quarterbacks that they've played against have been so bad. Um, you know, it's been a really bad collection of quarterbacks. It really has. And, you know, I was looking through the game grades. Um, I kind of actually rejiggered the game grades in a way that I think is a little bit better recently and was looking through to sort of see which teams have been sort of lucky and unlucky in regards to um, their expected point differentials versus their actual point differentials so far this season. And the Patriots come across as being sort of the luckiest. And so first off, the actual score differentials don't, you know, that's against – who you played against, like Miami, Jets, Redskins, whereas um, my expected score differential is against an average team on a neutral field. So it's saying um, it's been luck in terms of their performance relative to the schedule they played, I guess. Or, or sorry, their performance overall um, relative to the actual score differential they've achieved. So um, so the easy schedule basically is factored in there. So basically they – They've outscored their opponents by 175 points this season, Jeff. And um, just based on adding up the individual game grades, it's only they've only been expected to in that time like be plus 48. So they've now why? Like they've had two special teams touchdowns, um, well, more than their opponents, which their opponents haven't had any um, this season. I don't believe their defense has scored um, three touchdowns and only given up three touchdowns and they've been plus 14 in turnover margin. So they're, um, and, and so you're saying there's they've a had short fields. They've had, yes, there's a little bit of luck there. And, and, and it's not just luck. It's just, they, it's that they played bad teams too, but there is luck. I mean, a, a plus 14 turnover margin is not sustainable, even with the best secondary in football. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think when you, when you make this, argument right around turnovers and special teams and things like that there is a certain amount of of belief that maybe the patriots are one of the few teams that can come that can control these things better you know if you think that the turnovers are say 80 percent luck or something like that are the patriots more like 70 percent or 60 percent luck so is there an ability that they can control this going forward it all depends on if they're still deflating the footballs so it's an old narrative. It's an yeah. old, weak, lazy uh, narrative, Rufus. Okay, so all that being said, you have your numbers and whatnot. Um, I have them as the best team in football. and okay, They're the best. But, but that's, that's the fine. point is okay, this. They've been, doing it, they've been doing it with defense and not offense. And on a small, in a small sample, like offense is – you know, the difference between the best offense and the, and the worst offense in the league is much greater than the difference between the best and the worst defense. So offense is more – you know, offense is more fundamental um, – it's more predictive moving forward. So that, that is, I guess, the biggest concern for the Patriots, that what are they going to do without 
um, without Josh Gordon now, I mean, I guess they have Sanu, but, but without um, an offensive line that's played particularly well, you know, when you get into the playoffs, they're, you know, you're, they're going to need to score. And, and at some point um, when they play a good offense, uh, they're going to give up some points. It's going to happen and they're going to have to be able to keep up. So would you, what would you put their odds of going undefeated at? Um, that's ultimately know, what the question is, right? The question is, it not, is not, I don't think anyone disagrees that they're anyone. I don't think anyone would say they're not a good team, not a great team. And potentially most people I think would say they're the best team in the NFL so far this year. But the real question is, are they, are they historically good at this point, which is what their numbers would say specifically are, is their defense historically good or are they uh, historically great or are they just, you know, a, a, the best team in the NFL this year so far? I think they're just the best team in the NFL this year so far, and and a, a large part of it is based on the schedule they played. So you think they'll end up with one loss, two losses, three losses, three losses? So I haven't actually run Sims this week or last week. Just with with all these quarterback injuries, and and you know, I haven't really been betting a lot of futures recently either. So you know, especially with like the Mahomes thing, I just it, it was it's a lot I'd have to add into the sim and assumptions I have to make, and I'm kind of like at this point. I'll, uh, I, I have more important fish or more. Important. You have more important. <laughs> I, I, I missed my metaphors there, but fish I have to fry. Yes, I have. Yeah. You didn't mix them. You just didn't finish your metaphor. You were like incomplete. Is it, you stopped is it actually short. more important fish to fry. Like are any fish really important to fry? Okay. Let's look at the rest of their schedule. Let's just, just for shits and giggles. Okay. okay. They, they play this week um, at home against Cleveland. It's 13 points. Uh, probably could be closer than that i would assume i think that's a lot of points by the way what do you um, think that what, what was the look ahead line before the season began I mean, the opening game? line was 11 and a half I'm, I'm guessing the look ahead line was probably closer to a touchdown right yeah like before the season began when everybody loved the browns um they play baltimore in baltimore they play philly in philly and dallas um at home in in back-to-back-to-back games that's that's a pretty tough schedule that's not yeah. easy right yeah, I assume they'll lose one of those. They, three, they've got to lose one of those, and then they play Houston in Houston, and they play Kansas City. Okay, their schedule is pretty pretty hard. It's the, back loaded. Oh, but, but they still they still get to play Miami again. Well, the last three games of the season are Cincy in Cincy, at home against Buffalo, and then Miami. Yeah, so they basically have a middle stretch. I I'd say that they're. I would say that they'll lose. I'd say they'll lose at least two games. I think that's a that's the best way their schedule could be structured, though, too, because you know Belichick the last few weeks of the season is just going to be focused on getting guys healthy. And well, he's and not also gonna... in, that, in that middle stretch, that's when he's going to have the team peaking, right? Like, I talked to Teddy Bruschi about this, about this once, and he was like, yeah, the first four games of the year for Belichick are just throwaway. All he's doing is experimenting. And that's why they often, if they're going to lose, they lose early um, because he's he's playing around with different things to learn, which is which is if you think about it, the right way to do it. Because you know you want to understand what you have, and if you can do real world experimentation on the field, that's kind of the best way to do it. Well, it's obviously worked out so far this year. <laughs> well, this year they that's got experimentation. They just had like a terrible, terrible, terrible schedule, right? And I think there's no way that we that we don't we don't believe that. Okay, I let's mean, move should, on. We, should you be experimenting in a game where you're an overwhelmingly large favorite? I don't, I'd argue. Yeah, of course. Well, maybe once the game's put away, but you want a low variance strategy if you're if you're a big favorite. At least if you're, you're trying to maximize your win probability. Well, but it game. might not matter, right? 
Yeah, it just I might guess not the- matter. Like it's it's like the differential is so big. You're not and you and you're not optimizing to win that game, right? Mm-hmm. You're optimizing for the entire season. If you're optimizing to just to win that game, yes, you want low variance strategy against the team that you're supposed to beat. So Jeff, your argument is that it's worth sacrificing a little bit of win probability for, um, in an individual yeah, in a game, game that you're, you're to- almost for sure going to win. It's worth sacrificing that win probability for you know the overall improvement of your team. Okay, sounds like a narrative. How's that a narrative? No, the the whole experimentation thing to see what you have. I mean, I guess you're right. You can't. What are really, you fucking talking about? You can't practice as much. Do you understand what experimentation is? Like, let's say it's you're trying an NBA, new things. Let's, let's say it's you're trying new things. Let, no, it's it's not just trying new things, Rufus. It's literally like trying to compare two different types of things in two different situations and run them and see what happens. Now, you you probably can't do enough. You know, like an experimentation in the NBA, right? I, I talked to, I think, Zarin or someone about this once. And what he was said is he would love for his coaches to literally experiment with different lineups early on in the season. Like, do enough of it so there's enough sample size that you have statistical significance on different types of lineups from an experimentation standpoint. And in the NBA, right. the season's so long, and the Celtics, I mean, pretty much know they're going to make the playoffs, or you know, the best teams know they're going to make the playoffs. So, yeah, so what I, is so? How would you, in this context of the Patriots, how would you define experimentation? It would probably be like running different. You could run different types of personnel together. You could run different types of plays together. Like there are probably ways to structure experiments um, where, on a play-by-play level, you can actually like glean something somewhat significant. I mean, I think this is a really interesting point you're making, and and one which. If it's true, I mean, it's it's another way Belichick's ahead of the curve. But uh. I mean, that's essentially what Bruski said to me. He said, he said, like in the first four games of the season, all he's doing is experimenting and trying things, and that's why, like, if you experiment, you try things, and they're shitty things, then you know that it's it may not work, and you may not do that later, right? But but I, I think the question is, and the the narrative piece of this is, can you really do enough trials? from an experimentation standpoint to have anything be statistically significant? And the answer there probably is no. Uh, but can you do things that have scientific, like have scientific method attached to them such that you learn enough from them that it gives you more conviction to do them later? I would think yes. I would think the other thing is too, with, with, the, with training camps being um, you know, shorter and, and you know, less contact in practice and all that, they're really aren't a lot of opportunities to practice particular things right and in situations where you can actually glean anything useful for them from them yeah I mean, so I'm it's sure. a chance to actually evaluate yeah it's yeah. a chance to work on something and evaluate something okay and but, but 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 you the one thing with football though is is you know you might have found some experimentation thing with josh gordon and found you know and suddenly you know he's injured and and there's just so much there's so many injuries in football yeah okay okay move we'll move on so there was a tweet that I wanted to talk about that you sent out. And this is like October 15th, October 12th. You sent this out. It said, not trailing serious question for you. And we won't mention the guy's name. Cause I think we think he's a turd, but would you rather make millions without documenting your record to the world or get published and tout your picks while being poor? Okay. And when I first read this, I was like, Oh, Rufus, come on. And now I understand what you were saying. Cause you were Thank basically you. saying like, you know, like would you rather be a writer that's like constantly talking about how great you are and sending out like 
you know, plus EV or whatever, like good record picks. He's the guy that we're talking about has had had a good record in the, in the playoffs or whatever. Anyways. And and the, but I would ask you the same question, Rufus, because clearly, and, and this is like, this is like the you and the spanky thing. Like there's some level of, you know, wanting some public, uh, you know, you want some like acclaim, some, you know, love, some adoration from, from the public. Otherwise you wouldn't be on Twitter talk, talking about how great you are. Wait, when do I talk about how great I am on Twitter? I, I have, you know, analytics conversations with people. I there talk about tweet, the betting industry. There are tweets if we isolate them that it will seem like you're talking about how great you are. I don't think you mean that, but there are tweets where it seems like that. And we do this podcast. We've talked about this. There is a certain level of need for, for uh, respect from the community, right? You, you don't think that you have that at all? No, I, no, I, I, you're right. I do to some so, extent. I think everybody so like, has that. Everybody has point. a need for or, or desire for acceptance among their peers or among certain, you know, people that matter so, to so them what, to, I mean, in so, like, to some regard. Some people it's fine just having a family. Some people want, you know, everybody in the world to like them. Like some, <laughs> this is yeah. a whole nother thing. This is all around like personality types, human nature ever done like Enneagrams and things like that. There are a lot of like, I have like, I know my Enneagram type. If, do you know your Enneagram type? Have you ever done this? I think I did. I don't remember though. You should do it. I definitely did it. It's Enneagram. It's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And it basically like will give you a huge like window into you and what you want and what drives you. So anyways, um, my point or the interesting thing I guess about this is that there are very few, there are the, the, so the, the, a lot of people will say like, okay, the the best professional betters, nobody knows who they are because they don't want to be on Twitter. They don't want to write a, about it they don't want anyone to know what they're doing right and i would say that's 99 percent true but there there it's hard to do anything right and not want some level of recognition for doing it some level of public recognition some ability to say like yes i'm really good at this and i think it's hard because like at you know like people have taken shots at you on twitter about whether you actually really are a winning better you know because like the time you've been quote unquote documented you haven't done well and all this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, the Massey Peabody did well for, for Rufus, a while, I'm which not, is, I don't, I don't I know, but recently, I, I, right. I'm like not, I'm not saying this, that, you know, I obviously believe that you are a very good better. I've, I've said it before. I think you're one of the best professional betters there are that I know of. Certainly one of the ones that isn't working in an enormous syndicate, right? Like, well, I mean, Jeff, I don't know how good I am as a better relative to other people. I mean, I just know that I make, you know, I know the living I make doing this and all that. And, and that's, I mean, I don't know where that stacks up relative to other people because there isn't some list where everybody files their tax returns and says, look how much I made gambling. Although it does seem like in the DFS community, people love posting pictures of you know, screenshots when they win huge. But that yeah, doesn't I mean, really you, happen you as much. You make enough and, money to have a studio apartment in Dorchester, so it's fine. Exactly. You um, know? I, yeah. I might have to share it with like three crazy cat ladies. and. You know. Well, and you have to put it on Airbnb from time to time whenever you leave for the weekend. Wait a Way to subsidize your income. I guess. I'm, I'm hoping they'll turn the electricity back on next week too. <laughs> well, I guess there, I guess there's really no point about this beyond just that the real professional betters um, really do go and make money, and and they will not document their picks. They will not. They, there's no. There's no desire to do that. But at the flip side, there is this human nature desire that we all have to somewhat be recognized. So it's it's almost like this like strange conflict because. The reason that you engage and I engage with a guy like the, the guy we're referencing 
is because he is pretty good at, at poking at our own sort of insecurity, which is like wanting people to know that we're good at what we're doing, right? Wanting he's kind of an extreme, stuff. he's an extreme version of, of that, right? I mean, he seems very, he, he's very much about tooting his own horn and... Yeah, I mean, his, but his claims are just hilarious, right? And the, the claims of, of the I'm best... I'm not sure he's serious still. I, I kind of think it's a... Well, no, I don't think he is. I mean, I think, he, I think he's, he's, he's cartooning himself. Although he, he does seem like, I mean, the fact that he actually has his own burner accounts that he forgets to like turn off and he tweets from the burner account, but I guess he's I in good, like he's in good company there with Kevin Durant, but whatever. I didn't, you're not going to give me credit for sending you that. So somebody on Twitter DM'd me. I mean, are uh, you going to, are you going to post that on Twitter for the world? No, I'm not, TV? I'm not going to post it on Twitter. Why? Because, Why wouldn't Because you? then people, then I'm, it's, then I'm starting this whole thing again. And I, you know, but you know, that tying this back into the Patriots, tying this back into the Patriots, tying this back into the Patriots. Have you heard of uh, Ernie Adams? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't heard of him till this year, but he's, you know, the, I've heard of Ernie Adams since he's been there forever, right? He's been with, with Belichick since the beginning, yeah. since in the Browns days, but yeah. the guy wants absolutely no credit. He wants right. no interviews. There he very, no interviews. Very, there are very few people in the world like that. I agree. So I, I don't think you can draw a conclusion that professional betters overall, like you don't know who they are. I think there's, I mean, everybody's well, the, heard I of think the difference, I think the difference, you know, Matthew also, Benham and sorry. I think the difference also Rufus is that in the world of Ernie Adams, there's really no value. Is, is there a value to him staying in, in, in a nominity? Yeah, I guess so. And, and it's, it's similar where, you don't want to expose any of that that you're doing because it gives you it would take away from your competitive advantage. I mean, the reason that sports betters should stay anonymous. There's many reasons sports betters should stay anonymous, right? Right, and there's so, but I mean, for someone like Spanky, there's a reason to not be anonymous. Also, to, I mean, well, now there is business to get more. Now they're trying exactly. to get more accounts, and that's that's supposedly why he's kind of come out and and become more of a figure like this. But right. Uh, and, and I mean, think about this though. There, there may be business reasons down the road for being not, not for not being anonymous as well. You know, if it can create opportunities with, with sort of the legal situation in the U S right now. So, so now there is a reason, right? Like, do you, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to be known? Do you want people to be able to network to you, et cetera? So I think you're basically saying that you would much rather be a, a um, winning EV documented better and make very little money and live in your mom's basement than be a anonymous, really successful sports better and live in a studio apartment in Dorchester. Well, I mean, I do like studio apartments in Dorchester. <laughs> um, did you also want to talk, we talked a little bit about um, the concept of, you know, um, like having a 66% or 60% win rate over a very small sample size over a long amount of time and like whether that's better than having a lower win percentage over many more trials like how do you balance that um break even or that that threshold kind of situation and i didn't do a great job at explaining it so maybe you can do a better job well i think it depends on what you're trying to maximize I think most betters are trying to we maximize to, their to, earnings. We have to set the background on this a little bit. So the, the whole okay. point of this is that this person we're referencing um, has been, you know, picking basically one over under sort of every day, and so you get seven plays. If you and one um, one per week for the NFL for the NFL. If you contrast that to a service that we don't like, said we weren't going to talk about anymore, the volume <laughs> okay. difference there is is enormous, right? And so the idea of one versus the other and what's better and what's more profitable 
from a long-term perspective, um, you know, this idea of like selectivity or being selective, like even this, uh, this hedge fund dude that we, that, you know, that, that we've talked about, um, he, he doesn't have a very high volume either. And which is a little bit surprising unless it's just there, that he doesn't post all of them. But what is that ideal, you know, what is, how, how do you think about that ideal volume and, 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 you know, the, and I know it all has to come down with what, what opportunities are presented to you, but I guess, how do you think about that? Well, I think, I mean, in the discourse, someone says, oh, this guy's a 60% better. He's 57%. And I think that's, you know, I think most betters would agree that that's kind of meaningless because if you're, if you're hitting 60% or you're hitting 66% or something, it means that you're leaving a lot of money on the table because you're only betting the picks, you know, your, your best picks. Whereas you're going to have picks that are 55% or 54% expectation. And, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're not betting those, you are costing yourself money. So, I mean, maybe you're 60, if, if you're, if you're hitting 60% when you're expecting to hit 54, 55%, then that's one thing that's, that's called positive variance and that doesn't make you the world's greatest. Um, but if you're expecting to hit 60% and hitting 60% um, on like one pick a week, like why wouldn't you be, why wouldn't you, and, and I'm not saying anybody's doing that, but why wouldn't you um, bet more games? Because in the end, what it comes down to as a better is, is how many, how much money I can make, how, you know, how many units. Right. And so even if I'm, uh, I, I would rather, you know, be hitting 54% over thousands of plays than hitting, you know, 60% over a hundred plays. Right. Makes sense. Um, was there anything else that we had to talk about? There was one other thing that you wanted to talk about. Right? And Jeff, wait, to tie that in, like the way I do things, I'm, I'm probably not going to have, um, I'm not going to have these 60% bets. I'm not, because the way I do things is, is, is largely based on trying to be sort of right in aggregate. Like a lot of times when I show massive edges, it's probably because there's an injury or something else that's not being properly accounted for. But overall, um, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of bets with, you know, that are in the 55% range or something. Um, and, and, you know, each week if I'm picking out which one is going to, I guess what I'm saying is if I, if I became a, um, low volume, highly selective better, I don't think I would do much like with the current, with the way I'm currently doing things. I don't think I would do that much better in terms of like percentage, you know, I mean, I could, yeah. Okay, let's move on from this. Um, you want to talk about college football? Sure, we can do that. Um, what did you, do you have your game grades in front of you? I can pull them up. Last week, what changed in your mind the most? What changed? <laughs> Let me ask you, what changed in your mind most first? Um, well, I, I don't know if anything changed, um, as much as it's seeming like even more that this is a Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Ohio state, um, Alabama and Clemson world and the rest of the people were just, I mean, I guess LSU has made some pretty big statements. Um, what about but, Penn state? They beat Michigan. Yeah, but, but I they, mean, they but, didn't look they I mean they they beat Michigan, they celebrated like they just won the national championship. They came very close to getting into overtime with Michigan. 
um, and squandering that lead. Um, I was less impressed with them. And, you know, I, I listen, Penn State is a team that last year we kind of looked at and this year. And, and so I, th- I think it'll be interesting. But um, Ohio State is really, you know, they, they've been doing that Alabama thing where they've been covering every uh, first half. Um, and so, so you, you did, did Alabama, did Penn State play themselves into relevance in your mind? You know, I thought that they, their, their um, odds would improve based on that win because it is, you know, they, Michigan is a significant hurdle, even though Michigan hasn't been that great this year. Okay. Michigan still I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you why you think that would be because they essentially played to what you would have expected them to play to, right? They won that game by seven. They're what an eight point favorite or something like that. Because they won though, because that, you know, it's more like there was a 25% chance oh, they'd be God. out of the conversation and a 75% chance they remain in it. And so right. that's, but, but did they? they played, but they played one of their worst games of the year. Honestly, I, I graded their um, win, their win against Pittsburgh 17 to 10 in week three um, graded it pretty similarly, slightly worse, but um, Penn, yeah, they, they graded as the 35th best performance of the weekend, um, it, like a plus 8.5. Michigan, by contrast, graded as the 14th best at a plus 20. So Michigan controlled the, the – they had, what, like 90 plays to like 50 or something. It was, it was something pretty extraordinary. And, and um, Penn State was outplayed, but they won. They, they, statistically, yeah. they did not – they were not good. And, and I so in, I might have in game some Michigan money line at like plus 500. And so I was a little bummed that they didn't, that they didn't tie that game. It would have been kind of fun to watch. Yeah. So I, I actually have them um, with worse odds and which was a surprise to me. I thought that overall getting that win would do more uh, for their chances than sort of losing points in the, in the rating, in the Massey Peabody ratings. So they, they moved down from 17 and percent to make the playoff. Um, and 47 to one to win the national title um, down to 14.3% to make the playoff and 71 to one to win the national title. This Clemson thing is kind of interesting, right? Because we had this big argument about them and then it forced you to sort of change your rating on them or change your, even your system on them to, yeah, to change system. the, well, what, what you hate the, the, um, yeah, the prediction model, but or, or, sorry, the um, committee forecast. Yeah, but what's interesting about that is that um, I kind of see now this, you know, because they're not going to play another team with like a winning record or something like that the rest of the season. Like their their schedule is very weak. Um, and, you know, if they weren't Clemson um, with the Clemson resume and defending national champions, I would definitely think there's a chance that they could get left out of this. Even if they go undefeated. Yeah. I mean, See, I think, I I think what, I'm one, saying to you, what I'm saying to you is I don't think there is, but I'm saying if for some reason Clemson was a different team and with the exact same sort of resume in the ACC, like playing the exact same schedule, um, then I, would, I could definitely see them getting left out. So, so would you say that another, hypothetically, another undefeated Power Five uh, conference champ, like obviously not this season, but like um, could get left out, let's say like a Penn State or something. If Penn State wins, undefeated wins out. Coverage, Let's undefeated say undefeated coverage. Penn State. Um, no, I don't. Do, I don't think. If, unde- so I don't what think if, Penn State could just because the Big Ten okay. has a better. And I don't think an unde- I think maybe the analogy would be an undefeated Pac-12 team, because yeah. the Pac-12 is is sort of 
thought of as being pretty weak, right? Well, why don't we say why don't we say Clemson like let's just pretend Clemson is like North Carolina or some or some ACC team that ends up going undefeated. Did you fucking listen to me? That's what I said. Right. So so my I was going to ask a a specific question related to that. So if LSU, um, let's say LSU beats Alabama or to win the win the SEC. Mm-hmm. Or they to go to the SEC championship game, they win the SEC. Um, you know, then you have like a one loss Alabama. Uh, does a one loss Alabama then get in over this hypothetical undefeated ACC team? Does a one loss Alabama? So or that, or that, you could put it the other way, like like let's that, say someone that, one loss Georgia wins the, the SEC but championship, that's, that's and the, then that's that's the point that we're talking about, right? We're we're saying that. Yes, there's a chance of that. That's, that's my whole point. I, I'm agreeing with you now that given the body of work that Clemson will produce this season, if they weren't Clemson, i.e. Not, you know, defending national champion and you know, perennial top two team or whatever, then yes, I definitely think there's a chance that they would get left out. So, um, so if they the question is, UNC I guess the question though is, do they get left out over a a team that does yes. not win their conference. I think so. Yes. Or, or is it just get left out over a one loss conference champion? Cause yeah, I think they could get left out over Alabama, but that, but very, that's probably unlikely at, at the unlikely scenario of how they get left out. But yes, I think that's a possibility if it is UNC, not Clemson. And that's the key here, right? I'm saying that given the situation that Clemson's in, they are not going to get left out if they go undefeated and win. There's well, no because, way. because Clemson is also, a top team. They're not, they're number five in the Massey Peabody ratings right now, but they're, they're clearly in that, that first tier. You have, you have Alabama, which actually with, with the quarterback injury now, has, you have basically that, one big clump of Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, right, but, and LSU. But, and Clemson. The point is part of their top five, right, is their priors. Yes, of course. So if they didn't have those priors, right, if they had UNC's priors, you have to like play this whole thing no. out. And they wouldn't be in your top five, probably. No, they wouldn't. They, were, they, they, would, be, they would be outside of that. So, and, then, and then it comes down to the, like, so, but if they did, you know, they probably would be at least a decent team to have gone undefeated. And so the question but becomes. I, I think there's a very good chance that they could get left out in that scenario. Okay. I, given, I, given the fact that, like, especially now, even the fact that they're Clemson, people are now talking about how, how weak their schedule is going to be at the, you know, at, the, at the end of their schedule. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think at the end of the year, they probably will be a top four team in my ratings. And it's, you know, you're right. The prior is a part of that. But at the same time, the prior makes for a better forecast. And if you want the best teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Alabama quarterback injury. You yeah, what's going have, on with that? Yeah, I don't know how long. Two is going to be out for a few weeks probably. Who do they? When do they play LSU? That is, that is a two good weeks. Question. Maybe? I mean, that would be when they would try to get him back for, obviously, because that's that's the game that's going to matter a lot. November 9th. Um, so right, playing Arkansas, they're going to win that game, but but then they have a bye week and then they play LSU. So he has he has a few weeks to heal. Uh, I want to talk about the game that we talked about last week, which was interesting, right? Uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor. So we had the, the Baylor middle linebacker conversation that you poo-pooed. 
And did, I don't know if you saw where that line closed. Did you end, you probably ended up betting on Baylor, I would guess. I was on Baylor and you're right. It moved towards Oklahoma state. It moved a lot, right? Not just moved towards, it went from three and a half to six and a half. Yeah. Was that on any particular news? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it was on anything beyond what was already known at, at the three and a half point. I think that was just market money that just moved it. Okay. So it's just interesting because then you get into a situation where, you know, there's so much line value at that point that there's just no way that one player could be worth that difference. And I think that, that was a very, you know, a simple argument that you made. Um, but it, it, it is, it is very core to the idea of like this whole, like, do you watch games or do you look at analytics? Well, certainly you need to watch games and figure shit out. But when you get down to it, the analytics help you understand like, you know, like you have a hypothesis on this middle linebacker and then the line moves that much. And it's like, well, is he really, could any player really be worth that much regardless of like cluster injuries or who's his backup, et cetera. And the answer is probably simply pretty, pretty much no, unless it's like, you know, the difference between, um, Aaron Rodgers and you know whatever setup. You, what's that? Cut? You're not going to have these huge differences, especially in these bigger programs. Like even you know going from Tua to Mac Jones, it's it's a big it's a significant yeah, downgrade. But, but at the same time, Alabama is still like a 33 point favorite this this week. No, no, no. But Baylor is different, right? Because Baylor is at least is a situation where they've had like I think some level of limited scholarships, right? Because of the the, the Bryles. Yeah, the issues they've been in. So there, it's possible that they that there is a bigger drop off. But we we're talking about shit that we have no idea about. So but and and yeah, no, I just think in college football, one player is just not worth that much at, at any position. And, and Baylor uh, Baylor overperformed my expectations, obviously, and everybody else's. They and actually they won forty five twenty seven, and and um, they actually had the number ten game grade of the week. And Oklahoma State was ninety first. They took like three slants for like. 250 yards and that was that was pretty much it and Oklahoma State had a chance to go up by 10 at the end of halftime and threw a pick in the end zone and it was at the end of halftime while they're in the, the locker room half at the end yeah in the locker room they were well that's why there was it was pretty weird that they got intercepted because Baylor was in the locker room and somehow they did that um <laughs> college picks anything on college picks this week yeah I, I sent you some over for uh for so you like the T was that for the TK show? No. Uh, I was supposed to do it this morning and then they had some like technical issues. So I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. Um, you like UCLA a lot. That line has gone down to three and a half. Um, I, yeah. I assume you still like them. I assume that is a um, UCLA being a pretty good team when they have DTR there versus not DTR. Yes. DTR. Or no? DTR? You know who DTR is? No, who's DTR? DTR is uh, someone in Thompson Robinson, their quarterback. I forget his first name. Uh, he has an acronym. He's got to be good if he has an acronym. Yeah, he's well. He's like this really, you know, athletic, dual threat quarterback who has been playing since he was, a, I think, since he was a freshman, and was has been pretty up and down, mostly down, but seems like this year he's much better. And the difference between him and the backup seems to be pretty big. I mean, they had him. Um, you know, they've had him in their two wins, obviously, and they, they only have two wins, right? Yeah, so, I think. They, they've played pretty well. There's been games where they play pretty well, and I'm assuming that's just like UCLA is underrated in your ratings. They've kind of been underrated all season. In your yes, they have. they have. Why do you think that is, or do you know why that is? Um, part of it's probably recruiting and the fact that they, they should have, I mean, they have talent on that roster. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. Right. I'd have to okay. like actually look more closely to see. But yeah, don't do that. It's I'm not going to. Looking closely at things for our podcast, it's probably overrated. Too much work. Um, um, oh, you know my favorite bet. You, you know my favorite bet this week, right? The Army team. The Army team's the pride and dream of every heart in gray. Oh yeah, yep. that's right. We we're gonna get this thing. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, what? Uh, Army minus nine. Army minus nine. Against San Jose minus, State. Okay, stop touting. It's minus nine and a half. That's minus. I I hadn't checked this morning. Sorry. Yeah. Stop. Stop touting. Tout to Army minus nine and a half. I, I I think that game should be seventeen. Am I missing wow. something? Am I missing something? What am I missing? Probably, Probably you're missing something. Uh, what do you make the Clemson line? I thought that was interesting. It's 34 is what I'm seeing against BC. And BC seems like they are, they have been a popular team um, in terms of like they played poorly at the beginning of the year. They seem like to offer some value recently. Their quarterback's out though. Oh. That's that's a, yeah. So I, I make it. Professional better, Jeff Ma. No idea the quarterback was out. What do you, what do you, what do you make it at? Um, 33 before quarterback injury. All right, so no value there. Uh, so we have two picks. Do you want to give out one more? You got UCLA plus the three and a half. You get Army minus the nine and a half. And yeah. Do we? How did how did I do last week? I don't even. I, we haven't been tracking this, have we? Someone all? should track it for us. I think there's someone that tracks the NFL stuff, but yeah. I mean, someone college should. is where it's at. Someone has said to you that you've done, you've helped them in college. So who knows? Must be true. Must be true. How about this Ohio State Wisconsin? Isn't that doesn't is that an overreaction or is that just what the two teams are are playing to? An overreaction to Wisconsin in which Wisconsin way? Wisconsin losing, Ohio State playing really well all this year so far. Um, you know, these are I thought the two best teams in the Big Ten, but I guess maybe they're not because maybe Penn State's better. So. Maybe maybe this is much ado about nothing. Yeah, Penn State's a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it should be like 13. But I do think it's interesting seeing Wisconsin, this team that had been, you know, they'd outscored their opponents by, like, a lot to, like, nothing. And and they come in and they lose to Illinois just in a game where they were, like, a 28, 29-point favorite. I think it's pronounced Illinois. It Illinois. 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 It's French. Illinois. But... Um. You know, I mean, it just shows that how unpredictable it is. That any, do you know what yeah, I mean? No, I mean, I feel like, but, but the, I think people will try to start create, like people try to create narratives around these things and say, okay, well, Wisconsin was coming off of, I don't know, they, they was, there was a letdown, there was something else, like a way that you could have predicted it. But in reality, like sometimes these things happen and, and you know, you try to create explanations yeah, but when mean, there not- really is nothing you could have known beforehand to say that was going to happen. Like, Wisconsin well, is a much, much better team than Illinois. Um, I, Illinois. I think that, you know, I think if they played again, um, you know, that line would still be like, what, 24, 25? Yeah. I mean, I think this gets into this whole idea of like whether there are such things as look ahead spots and whether you can incorporate that in. And this is when you get back to the nature of analytics, right? The nature of analytics is doing the hard work to figure out whether there is anything predictive in a spot like that and whether you can even like quantify that or define that in a way that you can like go back and test and see doesn't have an impact like not on the market but actually on the performance of the team underperforming what you would have predicted right 
Yeah. So. Okay. So um, last college picks I will give. Um, making sure the line's still there. Uh, Buffalo minus two and a half against Central Michigan. Buffalo. And we're we're getting into it. We're getting the Maction. Actually, Maction to be starting pretty soon, right? Maction starts. When does Maction usually start? I, I don't know. Uh, after the, I, I'm guessing after the World Series, maybe. Yeah, it's got to be it. How about um, that World Series? Whoa. Whew. Yeah, you're. I you're really don't like. I really don't like the Astros. I have, and everything they do always just seems to like just rub me the wrong way. So I'm really happy to see them lose right now. And you're you're kind of like a closet Nationals fan just because you have been from DC. I mean, I know you're a, you're an Orioles. I'm fan. an Orioles fan. Does that, does that make you not like the Nats, or are the Nats so benign that who cares? It made me not like the Nats for a while, and now now I'm at the point of sort of indifference to them. And so I kind of I think it would be good for the city of DC, and I like the city of DC. The uh, yeah, the DMV. The DMV. Uh, the last game I'll give is Western Michigan minus twenty seven against Bowling Green. There we go. Bowling Green must more be bad. That must be bad. They must be bad. Throw the boat. Um, what do you think about – have you looked at the World Series at all going forward? It's kind of uh, interesting. Huh? I have not Series been betting baseball. Is now minus 260 for the Nationals, plus 215 for the Astros. I think that's what happens when you lose your first two games at home. Yeah. What are, what are the pitching matchups going to be like You know, in game – Granke versus Sanchez four. for three. So let's just say that Granke – let's say that – somehow Sanchez is able to pull this off over Granky and they win that game. Um, then I guess, well, I guess it's more interesting if it, if it's two one, right. What will the, what will the matches be like? You've got to assume that Garrett Cole's coming back for four. Do you think, you think they go Cole in one, four and seven? I mean, I think they got to at this point. Right. I mean, doesn't I don't know it how seem like they, the, the thing is they stuck with their starters, for a while, both games one and two, like for they, they, you know, probably left Verlander in a little too long. Um, but both those guys were um, well over a hundred pitches. And so it's, which is fine, but, but it makes it a little harder to come back on three days rest. So Tuesday to Saturday, what is that? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, three days rest, three days rest. Yeah. So it will be three days rest. I mean, the alternative is they do what somewhat of a bullpen game, right? Yeah. It shocked so, me. Yeah. You know, they're the team with the better bullpen, but you know, they don't have a single lefty on their active world series roster. Like not even, not even hitting lefty pitcher. Lefty. Why don't they let one of the pitchers, one of the little hitters pitch for the platoon thing? Yeah. And then put the pitcher in the outfield and then switch back off. Um, it's in, that is interesting. I mean, I, it does seem like I noticed it this year that there were a lot of teams that didn't have, like the great lefty relievers this year. Like the Red Sox did not have a great left. I mean, the Red Sox just had a shitty bullpen period, but they didn't have any good lefty relievers really. And I do. I do, I do think one thing related to that though, is that now with more analytics, they're able to sort, you're able to find pitchers that are right-handed that are um, going to have reverse platoon splits are much closer to, um, you know, neutral splits just based on their stuff the types of pitches they throw. Well, but what would you, I mean, what would you, would you rather rely on reverse platoon splits over a small sample size, which is essentially what that would be. But I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying it's based on sample size. I'm saying it's based on the guy's stuff. So we can see that guy know, like sliders like that, but, are going to be, you know, you don't want, if you're a righty throwing a slider against a lefty, that is going to be a, 
you know, that pitch has a much greater platoon differential. But there's all, there's, so there's, there, there's different things also besides that, right? There's like how, what their delivery looks like, where they pitch from on the rubber, like how well they hide the ball, like how, what's their release. Those are all big things that create platoon splits, right? They are. And I think that the Astros as an organization are, are out. I mean, I mean they're, they're way they're, ahead of, they're they're ahead of this. Of and I think they're able to say, okay, yeah, we'd rather have these pitchers that we think are better overall and, you know, and we think they'll be able to handle lefties well enough that we should, we, we don't want to, that we don't have to put an inferior guy in who's left-handed. Maybe. I mean, and I guess like when you get down to it, if you are in a bullpen situation, if you know you're only going to use guy for, guys for a third of an inning or for one batter, it's just absurd, right? Maybe, maybe that's the inefficiency they've exploited, which is that it's never, it never makes sense to bring a guy in for just one batter because the idea of having a guy they can get you three outs um, in a bullpen situation where you know they're not going to have to go through the lineup twice, et cetera. If you can do that like three, three times, right, you can maybe get six innings out of three really good relievers, whereas if you have a lefty that you're just using situationally, it's just not worth it from a, from a usage standpoint. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about this trend of there being fewer sort of like loogies Specialists. Well, I mean, there's going to be the new rule where where teams are going to have to keep you know a pitcher in from a certain like three hitters Why or something like that so to speed up the game. So stupid. I think I don't. I mean, it seems the game Why are is so, they so slow. Stupid. Why are they so stupid? They should. Okay. They should. They should change it to like you know two strikes. Is, is I mean, they should make uh yeah make it fewer strikes and fewer balls. Like two balls is Start a walk like and one, or three balls is a walk and two strikes is a strike out or something so that suddenly we you know things yeah, go quicker well you, you, we got to finish up because you have to commit pod adultery and i do go on someone else's podcast which is which is fine you're a media darling um did you ever did you hear me on the david chang podcast by the way i didn't i don't listen to podcasts yeah you know who david chang is though right yeah you do i've heard is, you he related, know is he related to P.F. Chang? David Chang is the chef that owns Momofuku, Momofuku oh, yeah. DC. And he does a show called Ugly Delicious. And the reason I kept asking if you know him is he's a big Redskins fan. He uh, is from DC originally, or the DC area. Uh, okay, let's get move to NFL quickly. Any thoughts on NFL? We talked a lot about the Patriots at the beginning, so I guess we did a fair amount of NFL. Maybe we could just we did. picks um, and call it a day. Anything uh, interesting from last week? What do you What do you make? Do you like your Redskins tonight plus the seventeen? I would assume you like them. Yeah, eh, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I mean the numbers do. The numbers do. That's. I mean that's like a that's like way too many points. Seventeen. Come on. It it does seem like and and this is maybe this is just um, anecdotal, but it seems like Kirk Cousins and the Vikings seem to do well in the games they're supposed to win. They, he plays the he plays the bad teams well, right? Like like you he like covers that? against you like that. Sorry. Whereas he struggles against the good teams. It's like so you know against the Raiders who aren't actually that bad of a team, but you know Cousins played really well. They won by a lot, you know. They against the Eagles. The Raiders hadn't had the narrative that they were going to suck going into this year. That you would look at their body of work and you'd be like, "Oh, they're not a bad team. They're like a they're not bad to, to to slightly above average team, maybe right." Right. It's a lot of the reason that you think they suck is because the narrative was that they were like they were going to suck. Because I don't they, think they suck. 
When did no, I say no, they no, I know, but the, I, th- I think the general narrative was that they were going to suck because they had like traded it, like let Antonio Brown go, and you know they I mean, traded they traded Khalil Mack last year, and you know all this all this stuff, right? So I think they have a good offense, bad defense, and their really? their their defense wasn't that bad. Number twenty one ranked team. Okay, um, I'm going to make my first pick because I want to, and I am going to take. Um, the Giants plus the seven. Giants plus seven. Okay. Um, I'm going to make my first pick and I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus five and a half. You love the Broncos. I, 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 I hate Every, it. Like I mean, I'm honestly, I think, you know, I, I've, I have, a, I have a list of things to look at with the NFL model in terms of, I feel like my priors may be overfit to a different era of football. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Denver. No, so, so no Joe Flacco. So in general, um, you, you know, having experience is generally a good thing, right? But it's generally a good thing because guys that have had a lot of starts have had a lot of starts because they're really good quarterbacks probably. Yeah. No, Joe okay. Flacco is kind of an exception to that. But the, and so I have like, so I think my quarterback fixed effects kind of overrate that. And I do think also more so than in previous eras, first-year quarterbacks, young quarterbacks are able to perform at a high level much more quickly because I think the NFL offense is now um, – I mean, a lot of the stuff from college is kind of making its way up into the into NFL offenses now too. So I think you know, it's, it's similar enough. Yeah. Um, okay. I will take uh, the Jets plus the six-and-a-half over the Jaguars. Classic overreaction to a Monday night debacle – Although, if the Jaguars have go- if the Jaguars have ghosts on their teams, I think the Jets are in trouble. How do we know? Do we have any um, supernatural? Can you call it Ghostbusters? Maybe we'll see. And uh, okay, my my second pick will be where are they? It's, I hate this. I hate this, Jeff. But I have to do it. The Bengals. Oh, just another. I know. Manic, it's like I, I'm I'm manic. all over the. You know, you're seeing a pattern here. I'm all over the mediocre quarterbacks who've played or bad quarterbacks who played for a lot of years in the league. So Cincinnati looks like they are uh, plus 13 and a half right now at bet. Chris 13 at pinnacle 13 and a half half for sure. How about 13.25? 13.25. All right. And with that, um, I think we've got a wrap. That's the, that the process podcast this week. Go have fun doing podultry. Will do. Bye, See you next week, everybody. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a of leaded.